Hello, this is Frank. And this is Bobby. And you're listening to the audio portion of our TV program, An Overcoming Life. This is a program of anointed teaching and overcoming testimonies. If you want to be blessed, then keep listening to this program once a week. Please let us know if you were inspired by the program. Our address is P.O. Box 53, Tallahassee, 32302. And our email is intercedingprayer at yahoo.com. Hello and welcome to An Overcoming Life. And today we have our lovely co-host, Miss Melinda. And she'll be bringing us a fresh word. What is it for today? Well... It's a good word. Uh, there's been a struggle to get here to do it, right, Frank? <laughs> and we always know we're right on target when those uh, inconveniences begin to happen, as I call them. But anyway, <laughs> the title of my message today is called Love, Your Greatest Aim. And I just want to say in Matthew twenty four twelve, it says that uh, in the last days, hmm. the love of many will grow cold and uh, evil will be rampant. And uh, that, you know... There's just a lot of turmoil. Uh, I don't know that I've ever in my lifetime experienced such, um, seeing such hate in the hearts of people. Um, and so there's been a lot of division the last several years. It's just, it just seems like things have been amplified, you know. And yes. so I just believe this message is very timely. Uh, and I pray that uh, you'll be touched and encouraged by it today. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, John three sixteen says that for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son and whosoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life and i just want to say you know this is the greatest true story true love story that has ever been written and not just written but played out in history and that's when jesus christ laid down his life for all mankind on that cross to forgive us of our sins to redeem mankind back to himself after the fall. And it says that by his stripes we're healed. He paid for our peace. Everything you'll ever need, Jesus Christ did that for you. So it's just a story of love, just pure love. And uh, so we're going to get into 1 Corinthians chapter 13. It's called the love chapter. And I want you to, I'm going to read this and then I'm going to go in some depth of what each one means. So I'm going to start with verse 1. It says, Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I have become sounding brass and a clanging cymbal. And though I have the gifts of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith, so that I could remove mountains, but I don't have love, it says I am nothing. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, And though I give my body to be burned and have not love, it profits me nothing. Now, beginning with verse 4, it says, Love suffers long and is kind. You know, that means that God's love has patience with imperfect people. I want you to really tune into this. The verse 5 says, Love does not envy. Means that real love wants people to get ahead. Verse 6, love does not parade itself, means the Bible's love, which is agape love, doesn't put on a big show and try to be a big head. Think you're really something. You're above people. Love is not puffed up. 
refers to the fact that people who walk in God's love, they don't have to have a big head. They don't have to feel like you're in competition with somebody else. God loves you just the way you are. Love does not behave rudely, does not seek its own, means it's not self-centered or selfish, but instead it looks out for the needs of other people. Love is not provoked, means it's not irritable and under pressure. That's a real good one, isn't mm. it? Oh boy, I'm telling you the real true things come out of a real of a person when they're under pressure. Love thinks no evil. Means it doesn't keep a record of all the wrongs done to it and is constantly forgiving. Constantly. And let me tell you, when you're walking in love with God, believe me, you will be constantly forgiving if you love God. Love thinks no evil means it doesn't keep a, a record of wrongs. Oh, I just, I'm sorry, I'm on the wrong line, forgive me. Love does not rejoice in iniquity, means that it does not rejoice in the mistakes and the failures of others. Love rejoices in the truth, means that it believes in what is open and honest. Love bears all things, is the kind of love that defends and holds up other people. Love believes the best in all things. Love hopes all things. It never gives up on people. Never gives up on people. And love endures all things. Means love that perseveres and remains loyal to the end. Now that's the definition in God's word of love. And then in verse 13 of that same chapter, it says, And now abide faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. Also in 1 Corinthians 14, 1, it says, let love be your greatest aim. Do you understand what that means? Love to be your greatest aim that you can achieve in your life. You know, it's not easy to walk in love, is it, Frank? No. Especially no. when people are rude and yes. ugly uh, and, and hateful and mean sometimes. Uh, it's hard to hold our tongue. It's hard not to respond back with the same... Uh, you know, thing that they just come out that just come out of their mouth and tell somebody off. It, 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 it's, it's difficult sometimes, but the closer you walk with the Lord and the more you stay in the Word of God, you'll learn that that fruit of the Spirit that we're going to talk about in another verse, it grows in you and it develops in you so that, mm -hmm. you know, you're able to walk away and instead speak something even kindly when, they're, when somebody's <laughs> ugly and mean. Uh, so let's look over at uh, Romans chapter 12. And I want to read, uh, beginning in verse um, 12.10. And it says in 12.10, Love each other with brotherly love and affection and take delight in honoring each other. We should be taking delight in honoring each other. All this in the Bible talks about the kind of love that we're supposed to be showing other people. And then verse 19, it says, Dear friends, never avenge yourselves. Leave that to God. For he has said that he will repay those who deserve it. Don't take the law into your own hands. Oh boy, how many times do people yeah. want to take not only the law into their own hands, and many of them end up dead because of it, yeah. but you know, you, you, you just take situations into your hands and then it, it becomes a big mess, just a big mess. You know, it, a, 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 a mountain 
turns into, you know, what's really a little molehill develops into a huge mountain in those situations. It said, instead, feed your enemy if he's hungry. If he's thirsty, give him something to drink and you will be heaping coals of fire on his head. In other words, he's going to begin to feel ashamed for what he's done. You know, and so if we respond correctly, (laughs) this is what's going to happen as a result of it. Now, they might not act like coals of heads, uh, coals are on their head. But believe me, they might not say anything, but they're getting it. So don't let evil get the upper hand, it says, but conquer evil by doing good. And then I want to look at uh, in chapter 13, uh, beginning with verse uh, eight. It says, pay all your debts except the debt of love for others and never finish paying that never Hmm. as long as you live on this earth every day that you wake up and you're breathing you're going to have an opportunity i promise you to walk in love towards somebody whether it's out in the world in the grocery store a friend family members whatever something will be said or something will be done that hurts you or defends you and you're going to have to respond back with love that's what god wants us to do amen Mm-hmm. And so uh, it says um, in verse, um, see, said, for if you love them, you will be obeying all of God's laws, fulfilling all of his requirement. If you love your neighbor as much as you love yourself, you will not want to harm or cheat him. And mm-hmm. in the New King, King James Version, it says love does no ill to his neighbor. Mm-hmm. None, no ill. You don't want to kill from him. You don't want to steal from them. And you won't sin with his wife or want want what is his or do anything else that the Ten Commandments say is wrong. And all ten are wrapped up in this one, to love your neighbor as you love yourself. Verse 10, love does no wrong to anyone. And that's why it fully satisfies God's requirements. And it's the only law that you need. All of the others are wrapped up in that one. Mm -hmm. You know, Mm -hmm. love the Lord your God with all your heart, your soul, and your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. If you do those two things, you're fulfilling every other one of those Ten Commandments. And isn't that how the the Word says that you will know them? Yes. Know the disciples of, of Jesus? By their love. By their love. Yes, by their love. That's right. So Galatians 5, 6 says that faith works by love. And so, you know, we have to have faith to please God. But if we're not walking in love, your faith's not going to work correctly. Your faith won't work. You might think Mm -hmm. it's going to work, but it's not going to work if you're not walking in love because it says the faith works by your love. So uh, verse 14 and 15 of that same chapter, Galatians 5 says, For the whole law can be summed up in this one command, love others as you love yourself. That's also in Galatians. But but instead of showing love among yourself, you're always critical. And caddy, watch out. Beware of destroying or ruining each other. Uh, Verse 22 says, But when the Holy Spirit, when you get born again, and you get the, the Holy Spirit comes in. You're born again by God's Spirit. And you're filled with the Holy Spirit. It says He will control your life. And He will produce the kind of fruit in us. And here they are. The very first one that is named is love. <laughs> love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, 
faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Those are the fruits of the Spirit. And that God will begin to develop those in your life. And I can tell you, the more time you spend in His Word, meditate on it, reading it, uh, having fellowship with God, these fruits will develop and become more and more strong in your life. And therefore, you're able to show the world your light. We need to be the salt and the light, and the light exactly. in this world, yes. in this dark world. Uh, and so, you know, we need to walk in love one toward another. I want to flip over now to uh, chapter um, 2 of James. Let's go back here to James. Chapter 2, and I want to start with verse 17, which says, So, so you see, it isn't enough just to have faith. You must also do good to prove that you have it. Faith that, it, that doesn't show itself by good works is no faith at all. It is dead and useless. And what did I just say? That uh, Ephesians, I mean, Galatians 5, 6 says, faith works by love. See, love is an action word. It's not just enough to say something out of your mouth. It's an action word. You've got to show God that you love Him. And so... Um, it says that, uh, but someone may argue, you say the way to God is by faith alone, but, but plus nothing. Well, I say, I say that good works are important too, for without good works, you can't prove whether you have faith or not. But anyone can see that I have faith by the way I act. Okay? Uh, are there still some among you who hold that only believing is enough? Well, the demons believe uh, and uh, this too, and so strongly that they tremble in terror. <laughs> Fool, when will you ever learn that believing is useless without doing what God wants you to do? Faith that does not result in good deeds is not real faith. Again, faith works by love. It all works together to bring about a good end result in your life for what you're believing for. Amen? And so, uh, and then we're going to flip over to, um, back to the book of Luke. We're going to be jumping around here today. But, you know, uh, we've just mentioned that, you know, uh, faith is loving uh, your neighbor as you would yourself. Mm -hmm. And um, in Luke 6.31, it says, treat others as you would want them to treat you. Mm -hmm. Now, we call that the golden rule. Right. So, you yeah. know, think about it. how do you want to be treated? Well, then that's how you need to be treating others. Right. You know, mm -hmm. it's, uh, it's, it's very important that we tune, tune into that. And that was found in Luke 6.31. And now we're going to look in John 15, um, beginning with verse 9, and it says, I have loved you even as the Father has loved me. Live within my love. That's what the Father God is saying. Live within my love. When you obey me, you're living in my love. Oh boy. So if we're, if we're obeying God's word, we're living in his love. That's how you know you're living in his love, by obeying him. Just as I obey my Father and live in His love, I have told you this so that you will be filled with my joy. Yes, your cup of joy will overflow. I demand that you love each other as much as I love you. It's a demand. Mm -hmm. It's not just if you feel like it. Uh-uh. It's a demand. And here's how to measure it. The greatest love is shown when a person lays down his life for his friends. And you are my friends if you obey me. And it says, I no longer call you slaves, for a master doesn't confide in his slaves, but now you are my friends. 
proved by the fact that I've told you everything that the Father's told me. So there's ways that we show the Lord that we love Him. It says that we have to obey Him and we'll be living in His love. But He also says we have to lay down our lives for our friends. And so we're going to look at in John, nope, in Luke, I'm sorry, uh, about the Good Samaritan. I'm going to flip over there and I'm going to show you how you as an example of how you lay down your life for your friends. So beginning with verse 27 of Luke, uh, it says that uh, it says uh, someone was questioning the Lord and he says, he replied, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul, with all your strength and all your mind. And you must love your neighbor just as much as you love yourself. Right, Jesus told him. This is what the man was replying to Jesus. He knew the law. He knew it. And Jesus said, you're right. And he said, do this and you'll live. Then the man, listen to this, then the man wanted to justify his lack of love for some of some types of people. We all want to justify it, don't we? Why we don't have certain love for certain types of people, right? Well, this is the same thing this man was doing. So he asked the Lord, which neighbors, are we going to get down to the nitty gritty here, okay, which neighbors do I have to show this love to? And he says, Jesus gives him an illustration. Jesus always told stories and gave illustrations. Mm -hmm. So he says, he said, well, there was a Jew going on a trip to Jerusalem, to Jericho, and was attacked by bandits. They stripped him of his clothes and money, and they beat him, and he left them, him lying there beside the road. And then here come a Jewish priest. He came along, and he saw, said, saw the man lying there, and he crossed over to the other side of the road, and he passed him by. A Jewish temple assistant walked over and looked at him lying there, but then went on. But then a despised Sumerian came by. <laughs> came along and he saw him lay there. He felt deep pity. It says deep pity. Kneeling down beside the, the Samaritan, soothed his wounds with medicine and bandaged them. Okay, he soothed his wounds. I'm counting. Bandaged them up and put medicine on him. Then he put the man on his donkey. Number two, he put the man on his donkey and walked along beside him till they came to an end where he nursed him through the night. He nursed him through the whole night. The next day, he, he handed the innkeeper two $20 bills and told him to take care of the man. Four. If this bill runs higher than that, he said, I'll pay the difference the next time I'm here. Five. Now, which of these three would you say was a neighbor to the bandit's victim? And the man replied, the one who showed him some pity. Yeah. But Frank, yeah. not only did he show him some pity, this man went the extra mile. Yeah, he sure did. Yeah. I mean, this is, this is laying your life down. This man laid his life down for a man that was beaten laying beside the road. And in our society today, it seems, if you watch the news too much, that there's very little of that happening. Exactly. Exactly. And that's why this message needs to be preached. We do not need to lose sight of, of how we're to love and what it means to lay our life down for other people. It's going to be an inconvenience for you, I can tell you. It's never convenient when you hear about somebody that's sick, maybe, uh, to go to the hospital to visit them or take somebody a meal. You know, it's not like you just, everybody has all the time in the world, but making the sacrifices and laying your life down, it's laying your life down for, for the Lord using you to bless others. 
And that's what it's all about. That is what it's all about. Now, we have to walk in love. Ephesians 5, 1 through 2. And so I want to say love is an action word. And also I want to say this before we get into um, uh, walking in love, that love is the power charge behind faith. It's the power charge behind that faith. Again, I'm going to say it. Faith works by love, but love is the power charge. (laughs) If the two don't connect... We're not going nowhere. Okay, we're just not going nowhere. But Ephesians 5, 1 through 2 says, Therefore be imitators of God as dear children and walk in love as Christ also has loved us and given himself for us as an offering and sacrifice to God for a sweet smelling aroma. And I just want to say this, that God has called the body of Christ to be channels of his love, channels to the world. He's not called us to be a reservoir where we just take in everything and hold on to everything, uh, you know, and just use it for our own self. No, he wants us to express our love. I'll never forget a pastor. I heard him, you know, walking in love toward people. But then he would always say, what can we do to meet your practical needs? Is there anything we can do to make to meet your practical needs? Now, that's love. Now, if the person tells you no, sometimes people say, well, I don't know or no. Maybe you should just go a little bit further and say, Lord, what can I do to help? Mm-hmm. Some people don't want to come out they're, they're Maybe they're embarrassed or they feel ashamed and they don't mm-hmm. want to say, well, I, I need this or I need that. So ask the Holy Ghost what you need to do, right? (laughs) Just go past that. But it's it's wonderful to pray, but we need to reach out in practical ways to to help people. Amen? Okay. Uh, There's another area I want to talk about for a minute. Love is also correction. It's hard to correct, but I promise you this. If you do it in love, it all works out perfect. Every single time when you don't just take it into your hands and say and just come out and blast somebody. You you go to the Holy Ghost and you say, how can I uh, do I approach this in love? I don't want to my my highest and greatest aim always is I don't want this person to be hurt. I don't want to hurt them. It says love. Love is correction. Ephesians 4, 14 to 15 says that we should no longer be children tossed to and fro, carried about with every wind of doctrine by trickery of men in the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting, but speaking the truth in love, speaking the truth in love. We may grow up in all things unto him who is the head, Jesus Christ. Under his direction, the whole body is fitted uh, together perfectly, and each part has its own special way uh, of helping the other parts so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. So God expects us to correct. And uh, so I want to give some examples today because this this is a little bit more difficult for people to t- mm-hmm. speak the truth in love. And so one one day there was a, a situation at a work, a job where I work, where there was this person and she was involved in um, a cult, an occult. Mm-hmm. And uh, I knew that it, she was involved in a cult because she started telling me what this church was telling her, what she could and couldn't do. And I know it wasn't. I knew it wasn't in the Bible, and I knew it wasn't of God. So I didn't want to turn her off. I didn't want to. You know, I kept saying, "Well, Lord, how can I approach her, and how, you know, in love that she'll not get mad and that she'll receive this?" And so the first thing that I felt impressed about was that I had a book. 
and it was on world religions mm. and I've had it for many, many years. So I went to the book and I actually found where it talked about this uh, certain occult. It tells what they believe, how it doesn't line up, what, how and why it doesn't line up with God's word. So I looked at it and I thought, well, I'm going to take this to work. And then if we have a chance on our lunch hour or something, you know, I'll just give her this book and I'll have a paper clip where it tells about this particular, you know, a group and she can read it. But I said, Lord, I just, you know, I don't want her to be hurt. So I put the book in my desk. Guess what God did? Listen to what God did. I came in one morning. She's holding that book in her hand. Huh? She said, I found this in the desk drawer. So, you know, I'm trying not to act shocked. I, I go, oh, yeah. And she goes, this is your book. And I said, yeah. She said, well, I looked through it and I actually found uh, this, uh, you know, uh, this Negative. church group, group. Yeah. Uh, mm -hmm. that uh, I'm attending. And I read through it and she said, uh, I didn't know all this. Oh. She said, I mm. see now that it's it's not right. This is not right. And I'm not ever going back. Wow. <laughs> I didn't even have to do anything. I just brought the book to work and the Holy Ghost took over. You see what I'm saying? So when you're faced with situations and you know somebody, they're living in sin. Number one, we don't have to badger people and, and, and pound them about their sin. You're going to turn them off. They're not going to come to the Lord when you do that. They know you're a Christian. If you're living right, they'll know and they know what you believe. But you just keep walking in love toward them. But if they ask you a question or, you know, whatever the situation, just always go to the Lord. Another situation, I had some people that wanted to get involved in the prison ministry, and I just knew that certain ones, I just felt like they weren't supposed to, that was not their calling, you know, mm -hmm. and I didn't want them to be hurt, and they even would come and try it, and I just knew that this wasn't a good fit for them, but I didn't want to hurt their feelings. And I would just pray about it and I'd say, God, I, I, don't, I do not want to go to this person and say you can't come back or, you know, this isn't working. I don't want to hurt them. And all of a sudden they would come to me and say, you know, I just I, I just don't think I'm going to keep doing this. I say, well, it's OK. You know, God will show you, you know, what what it is that, you know, you're gifting or what what right. it is. He'll show you no hurt feelings, nothing bad between us. I'm just telling you, God, you got to go before the Lord and ask him. One time, you know, I, did, I tried and tried. I prayed for my relatives all my life. I kept trying to talk to my dad. I never could talk to him. He was always busy or people were all around him. God impressed me to write a letter. I wrote the letter. I mailed it to my daddy. My daddy read it. He called me, told me it was the most beautiful inspiration mm -hmm. letter he'd ever read. It's and touching. he said, I don't want to pray this prayer with you uh, that you sent me on this paper. I want you to come down here and pray this prayer with me. Oh, wow. But see, I could have mm -hmm. gone to my daddy. I could have said, Daddy, you know, you're living in sin. Daddy, you know, you, that is not the way you're going to win people. Mm -hmm. That is not the mm -hmm. way to love people. It's by your life and how you show them. I showed my daddy love. I kept loving my daddy. I would do things for my daddy. And this, let me say this, you got to love your parents and honor your parents, whether they're good or not. You love and honor them. If I hadn't have done that, there's a chance he wouldn't be in heaven today. I'm telling Amen. you, you got to love and, and, and reach out to people, Frank. Yeah. yeah. The important point, I think, there is that in each case, you consulted the Holy Spirit yes. first. Yes, yes. For his, Always. his guidance about how exactly to handle to this. handle the situation yep. mm -hmm. and your and your achievement your goal should be I don't want this person to be hurt right but yeah. you know we're about to run out of time Frank so I just want to <laughs> okay. say today you know go love on somebody put the word into practice 
lay down your life for others. And if you're not born again today, just ask Jesus. Say, forgive me of my sins. I believe, Jesus, that you're the Son of God. Help me and come into my life and be my Lord and Savior. And he will. And you'll never be the same. You'll never be the same. Amen. So just remember, love is an action word. Action. Amen. Right. Amen. That's right. Well, thank you, Melinda. A good word. Amen. Amen. From, Amen. This is Frank. And Melinda. Of course, Melinda. And we're saying we, we love you and God loves you. And Jesus is Lord. Amen. <laughs> Amen. This program was produced by the Overcomers Ministry, a nonprofit corporation. We have a team of loving, caring prayer warriors that will intercede over your request, pray, and email you back. Contact us at intercedingprayer at yahoo.com. This is Frank. And this is Bobby. Thank, Thank you, you for, for listening. listening.